Hey queens, welcome to Captivation Radio, a podcast designed to help women go from mediocrity to queen status. I'm your host Fallon, aka the queen of captivation. I'm an intuitive business and branding coach and a wellness professional. Each week I'm going to talk about creating a life and business of your dreams. Tune in and learn how mixing the work with the woo will help you create a life that is truly fit for a queen. Hey queens, today we have an awesome guest, Rachel Greenwell, life and spiritual coach, author, and creator. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell the audience a bit about what you do? Yeah. Well, thank you, first of all, for letting me come on your show. I'm very excited to be a guest here. Um, I'm Rachel Greenwell. I'm the author of How to Wear a Crown. I'm the owner of I Am Raquel. And basically, my mission in the work that I do is to help people to know their worth, um, help them to awaken to their personal power, and then unlock their fullest potential. And so I do that and I express that mission through a lot of different things. Yeah. You're a multi-passionate entrepreneur. 100%. Sometimes a little too much to where I don't know where I'm going. (laughs) I think that's what makes life fun though. Not really knowing exactly where you're going. Yeah, it does. Yeah. When did you first decide you wanted to own your own business? I started in 2016 and I had just stepped in, like, like took my first baby step into the mental health and really quickly gained a lot of my own ideas and opinions about how things should be done. Right. Yeah. Very conflicting with the way that things are being done in the mental health field. And I knew that what I was doing was working and I knew that I wanted to help people in a bigger way than I was helping people. I knew I had a big calling on my heart. I just didn't know exactly what that was supposed to look like in the world. So, but I knew I, I knew that one day I was going to do something in a bigger way and make a bigger impact. So I began to build like my brand. And it was just these little nudges and callings that were like, start saying the things that are on your mind Mm -hmm. on media. So, you know, I started with YouTube in 2016 and I wanted to be a YouTuber because the people on YouTube helped me so much. Yeah. I was up at three o'clock in the morning, like crying in my bed because I was healing through things and didn't know what I was doing in the world. And these people, I'd be like, just Google like how to, you know, heal your trauma, <laughs> like how to <laughs> stop anxiety naturally. Like, you know, just Google these things and find these people that, you know, it was like they were sitting in my bed with me at 3 a.m. holding my hand while I went through processes. And I wanted to be that for other people. You know, I wanted to be able to give back in the same way like what had been given to me. And that is, I think, what impacted me the most along my healing journey was having that quick, instant access at any given moment to healing and to knowledge. And so I just, I got on YouTube and began to say things, you know, that had helped me and then, you know, made like a Facebook page and then made a website and, 
um, kept working in the mental health field. And I just knew that I needed to do that to soothe that calling that was on my heart. That was like, start building, start building. And I didn't even know what a life coach was at the time. <laughs> sort of right. Online presence. I just knew that I, w- I could help the people, at least in my community that knew me a little bit better and that I could show up for them in those moments when they needed, you know, when they were on their couches and they couldn't get to support groups or whatever. So that's kind of how it started. And then eventually it evolved. It's like, and I think I ever, there was never like one moment where I was like, that's it. That's the thing I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. It was always like, I just knew I was super passionate and had this fire to help the world in a big way. And it evolved slowly, step-by-step over time. I love that. That's beautiful because I think a lot of times people forget not everyone has access to the same resources for help too, or the same desire. Like if you're really depressed, you really want to get up and go get dressed and go meet someone in an office somewhere. Yeah. Not really like having access to resources, like your book and videos and stuff like that is a huge help to people. I love that you do that. And I love that you said you didn't know what a life coach was. Like you just started coaching from your heart because I don't feel like I see enough of that these days. So, yeah. Well, as a peer support specialist, you know, that's like a certification that I have as a peer support specialist. It just seems like you went through your own like recovery or healing journey and then went back to the same like mental health organization to help people using that as your education, you know, as your what qualifies you to help people is your past experiences and which is very similar to life coaching. Right. And I just, and and I didn't know that was a thing either until I was just kind of like donating my time and helping people. It like became natural to me to do. And then people said, Oh, you should take this job. And I was like, what job? And they're like peer sports specialist. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. So we kind of, I didn't know what, any of the things that I'm doing now, I didn't know what they were to begin with. You know, it's like, I felt, and I think it happens like that, finding your purpose. A lot of the times, like it happens kind of to you more than something that you have to go out and seek and do. Right. And I don't think people realize that either because people are always looking for like, how can I learn how to do this? And what should I be doing? But your path kind of evolves in front of you as you just live your life. Yeah. You, it's like, you already are what you're meant to be. Yeah. You don't have the title for it yet. Yeah. That's beautiful. What was the hardest part of starting a business for you? Um, learning that I deserve money for my. <laughs> yes. Cause I just want to give everything away for free. And like, I love it so much. I love to help people so much and it doesn't feel like I'm working. So sometimes I forget that I just get paid for what I do. Right. <laughs> That's tough for me. And then like coming from working in nonprofit uh, community, mental health organizations, all the community that I work with is like on, Medicaid insurance. And so I'm used to working with people who, you know, you're just freely giving to even, you know, you're getting a paycheck and you're freely giving to the people and you're not ever worrying about how these people are going to pay. Right. Right. 
and they're not having to worry about how they're going to pay. Right. Moving into a business was so different because it was like, oh, I have to worry about how the people can pay. And then the people have to worry about how they can pay. And Mm -hmm. moves into a different kind of population of people too, that are struggling with different types of things. Right. Than people who are low income or no income. Yeah. So, so that was kind of a shift for me. Yeah. And it's probably a big reason why my heart of service, you know, just kind of prevented me from being able to make that transition easily into getting paid. But, you know, that's where products and stuff came in so much for me. Yeah. Like, oh, well, if I could package what I do into a product, then I can just sell it in the background and they can get you know, it's like, I wouldn't feel like I need to charge as much as I charge for my time. Right. Mm-hmm. Get the stuff, right. If I can put it in a book and give it, sell it for 10 bucks, anybody can afford 10 bucks. Yeah. Feeling like, you know, I'm working my butt off for nothing. Right. <laughs> so, well, part of where products came from, right. There's many, many reasons to start shifting into the world of putting your work into products. Yeah. Right? things but yeah learning how to charge when you're working from a place of service is hard that that definitely was one of the hardest things for me too because it's something you do naturally and then you're like oh but I gotta charge people and I'm like you I'm always thinking about the people that can't afford it so (laughs) and then you told me this it was you told me that it was rude right to assume that people can't pay you like I assume that my prices need to be low because people can't afford to pay it (laughs) right (laughs) and it's so funny that I would think that there's people in the world that need my services and can't afford to pay me or wouldn't be able to or whatever um and then I think part of it that's hard too is like what we do is like an intangible thing Mm mm-hmm Like my husband owns a business and he provides a service, but his service is something that you can see at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. He repairs and installs garage doors. And then, so like at the end, you definitely have a door up. Yeah. Didn't have a door before. Now you have a door. Everybody can see it. And we can agree that there is a door now and there wasn't before. And now you owe me for that. Right. Right. It's really easy for me to wrap my head around the fact that, Pay my husband for his service because it's very obvious he did something. Mm-hmm. Like, but to be able to label and put into words what an emotional transformation or a spiritual transformation that only the person can feel and really say 100% did that happen? Yeah. That was harder for me to get behind and figure out how to word it, how to package what you're doing to make sure that the person feels like they got what you said you were going to do. Right. 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 And the hard thing I always think too, is you can give them all the tools, but that doesn't mean that they're going to do the work. And then I'm still like, well, they didn't get a transformation. And then I'm like, but I gave them the tools. Cause you know, there's always going to be somebody that just they'll listen and they're not ready. They're just not ready. So eventually they'll get it. But you can't force them to get it. At the beginning, I was always worried, like, what if people don't listen? <laughs> then they don't get anything from it. That's why I love selling books and courses too, because you did your part, right? It's yeah. all there. It's 
obviously there. You can see the sessions. You can see the videos. You can see the downloadable products are there. Yeah. They paid for that, right? Yeah. They paid for that part. And then now they have, they paid for the tools and that's more tangible to me. So that was an easier way for me to get behind like somebody giving me money in exchange for the stuff. And then what was funny was actually doing the products and the courses made it easier for me to sell services. Yeah. It's like, that's so obviously what I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's this kind of how funny. I transitioned to. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can see it in the courses, but when you're coaching, then, you know, it's the course and you're coaching. Cause you're still going through the same materials if you're teaching the same thing, but then you're getting extra time with us on top of it. So yeah, I transitioned very similarly to that was the same kind of thought process as you like, I need to see the tangible thing. <laughs> what do you do that on that list? <laughs> Let me make you a list. I do all the things. I do all the things. (laughs) So how do you maintain balance between running your business, being a mom, caring for yourself, like being a spouse, all of the things that you do? To be honest, a lot of times I don't maintain balance, right? We're always, and I think that realizing, having to realize and accept that you struggle with the balance is how you balance because um, to realize and recognize, oh my, most of my energy has been over here in work and I've been ignoring this, that, and the other, right? Yeah. That's how you learn to go, okay, I need to pull back my energy from this thing and put it more into that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's by recognizing the imbalances that you learn balance and it's kind of always a daily you know, struggle or process that you have to go through, at least for me. Um, I don't know if I've ever met anybody that's like, I have perfect balance in my life. <laughs> like probably nobody, but um, I think mostly for me was when I shifted from like traditional work-life balance sort of skills and techniques that you get taught to energy balancing. Right. Like for me, it was like trying to move the pieces on the calendar around to make everything look like a perfect picture. And that never worked for me, no matter what I did. Mm -hmm. My schedule, it still never felt good. And it wasn't until I stopped and said, this isn't a time thing. This is an energy thing because some of these things are more draining energetically than others. And two clients in the morning. I need to make sure that I have a pretty easy schedule after that because I put so much into my coaching and people get so much of my spirit, right? Like mm-hmm. energy that I need time to recharge after that. So like, I don't really want to schedule anything except for like maybe putting the laundry in the dryer and grounding and chilling on the couch after I see two clients in the morning. Right. And then like, if I have another day where I don't have anything, then I probably want to go on a hike and, you know, do more intense cleaning or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's about how much of my energy, the things use where I find balance. That is a great message because that's how I work too. 
I can't, I can't do back-to-back clients the whole day. Like some people do, I can take two clients a day and then, you know, fit other things in there that don't drain so much energy. But I think people look at everything in like matters of time, like, well, it's going to be 30 minutes. It's going to be an hour. And they don't think about the energy behind it. So I think that's a really important message. And also that nobody ever has balance except for like these fake quotes on (laughs) social media. (laughs) There is no balance. Some days we're all a hot mess. Yeah. Some days we have it all together. You know, you make it everywhere on time. You didn't forget anything. Everybody's fed Mm -hmm. at a normal hour. You actually cooked food. All the laundry is done. That's like a unicorn day. Right. And because like, you don't know, like, my what my balance looks like when it's retro uh, mercury and retrograde looks a lot different than when like <laughs> my planets are going forward <laughs> that too you never know like what's going on in the universe what's going on in your own world like you yeah. know all of that stuff comes into play and it's never going to look the same and so you have to just kind of tune into your intuition and your own spirit and nourish what needs to be nourished at that moment yeah I definitely agree. So what is something that people often misunderstand about you? They think I'm an extrovert. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> not at all. Oh my God. Extroversion is something I learned because I knew I had a purpose that involved like being like, you know, having like an impact or like being in the spotlight to a degree so I could do it bigger. Yeah. Like I'm my life like looks like I like to be home the majority of the time. I like to be in sweatpants. I have like three friends, um, like close friends, you know what I mean? But like I yeah. um I talk to like my mom the most. <laughs> I hang out with like my kid and my pets all of the time. Yeah. I don't think anybody would guess that. Like you look at your podcast picture and you're like a bombshell, like, <laughs> like, oh, this girl is like a celebrity. <laughs> I misunderstand. My tits aren't that big. Those are fun. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things. Probably. I love it. <laughs> and how did that come to be? My tits getting photoshopped. Yeah. <laughs> I did that shoot um, just for fun. My friend Jill Smith is a hair and makeup artist, and she had commonly um, done hair and makeup for models that worked with a guy named Fred Ramoni. And she hooked me up, me and my friend up. We both went and did a shoot that same day. Mm-hmm. Um, so the funny thing about that picture, the bathing suits from Walmart, my t- photoshopped bigger. oh you know it was fun though and it was smoke we were smoke bombs in the picture we were holding smoke bombs and we were in um a creek yeah I remember when you did that photo shoot and the pictures looked so fun there were it was really fun and the water was nice like I had a beer out there in the creek and just waved around like it was so much fun and then you look like a celebrity at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Fred Ramone's Photoshop skills. 
A little I, I am it. Raquel, right? Yeah. Little me. I'll take some credit, but it was, thanks, Fred. <laughs> what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Um, being connected to myself, I think. Um, when I get really disconnected from myself, I think that's when I started doubting me having um, insecurities and like when I don't have that time to self-care enough and really just nourish myself the way that like I need to be nourished. Um, I just get real nutty and I act completely out of a, out of alignment with who I really am. And so when I'm in alignment with myself, my higher self, my purpose, uh, God's will for me, it's like, it feels like nothing can stop me in the mm. flow and flow. And I feel like I don't have enough time in the entire universe to do all of the things that's on my heart and mind to do. Yeah. I agree. Cause when you don't have time for yourself and it's just like noise, 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 you can just you lose yourself and then you can't hear those messages anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said it comes from yourself though and not from like other people online or, you know, yeah. yeah. That's That's where it comes from. Like it's always when I finally get quiet and turn the other shit off that I'm like, bingo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. What is something about you that not many people know? Oh, wow. Um, I'm a pretty open book. So most people know everything about me. the compliments I get the most. Like when I read your book, it's like so raw, so real. I feel like I'm literally just having coffee with you on my couch. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty just open about everything. Um I like that. Authenticity is important. It's really important to me. It's one of my core values as a person to just be upfront. Um, but I don't know, maybe that like I still I still doubt myself a lot. I think people think that I'm super confident all the time. Yeah. That I am fearless. And neither one of those things is true. I am definitely confident, but it you don't get to confidence without working through your doubt and you don't get to bravery without working through your fear. So, right. you know, the only reason that I appear as confident and I appear as bold is because I've done the work to get through all of the self-consciousness, all of the doubt and all of the fear anxiety yeah you got to do the work mm-hmm. yeah I know people think that when you're like confident and outgoing that it just you woke up like that like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's something you have to work towards no matter yeah. how amazing you are no matter how beautiful you are no matter how smart you are everyone still has a doubt sometimes and it's your ability to work through it that keeps you going and showing up confidently. If somebody wanted to consider a career path in your field, like they wanted to be a spiritual life coach or an author, what kind of advice do you have? 
do it and don't let anything fucking stop you. I love that. Um, that there is no college degree. There's no genetic component. There's no anything that anybody can do it if they want to do it. Right. There's no anything special that you have to get before you can start. Right. You literally just get to make the choice and decision right now. Like, when it comes to being a life coach, um, when I found out what one was, <laughs> <laughs> my boss at work had told me, he said, you know, the way that you work, because I, we had like a productivity, you know, that we had to meet yeah. with peer support specialists. Like you're supposed to see people for a shorter amount of times and you're supposed to keep a big client list and help people with a lot of small interventions. And I didn't like to do that. I like to keep a small client list where I walked people through this whole long journey and it didn't fit with, you know, the organization. And my boss at the time said, you know, you're a, you're like a life coach. You work like a life coach. And I was like, what's that? Yeah. Like, well, like, mm-hmm. like Tony Robbins, he said, like what he does. And I was like, he said, you know who Tony Robbins is, right? And I said, yeah, but I didn't really know exactly what he did. Yeah. I knew he like, yeah ages and that he was like famous and made a lot of money. I just didn't know what exactly he did. And he said, well, he's a life coach. And so of course, like that night I went home and like Googled who, what does Tony Robbins do? And like, what's a life coach <laughs> and figured that out. And I was, that is me. Yeah. Wow. It's exactly what I do. And so when I was looking up, like, how do you become a life coach? It's like, you don't have to have a certification. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to, it's based on your experience. It's like everything that I already had was mm-hmm. to be one. And you could basically just decide that you were one and start being one. And so I remember like sitting in my little apartment and I had a broken HP Chromebook that's like $340 new and the side was broken and the screen wobbled like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Googling the things on that and I remember being like, so I can just say I'm a life coach and I'm a life coach then. And then I was like, I'm a life coach. <laughs> and I just kind of declared to myself at that moment that that's what I was. And then I started being that and I rebranded all my websites to say life coach. And then I did go on to like get some certifications and like see what it was that made that different from what I had already been doing. Um, Cause I wanted to be educated as well, but that was what it took. Yeah. So I think that's what it takes for everybody else too, is for you to be like, claim it inside of yourself that that's who you are then go get what you need to keep going that's great advice I love it is there anything that you wish you could change about the coaching industry oh (laughs) I don't know I've ever asked that um I ask everybody, no matter what industry they're in, like, is there anything you think you could like improve in your industry? Because there's always things, no matter how great an industry is, there's always things that can change and improve. Yeah, I guess. I wish there was a way that like the mental health field, the world and the coaching world could merge a little bit. Yeah. 
there should be some kind of area where they get to mix together because I'm in both and mm-hmm. in worlds and I have to like pick and choose and I, there's things I love about both and I feel like I'm both and that I'm this middle between the two mm-hmm. and I feel like that um like if you have a if you're a life coach there's no jobs for you like if you wanted like a stable job where yeah. you could do what you do within the you know within an organization like a therapist can't there they don't exist for you right right and so you basically have to do like all these other things right like most people you probably know right yeah trying to move into your business there's not it's you're usually doing instacarts and you know delivering um yeah hubs and like (laughs) working at gyms and doing you know just doing all these other random things yes to survive while you move into your business and I just like really wish there was like a place where life coaches could be life coaches within an organization or something and then go move into their practice right and that's like actually one of my biggest dreams is to be able to start something like that where um to give people a space to do what they do um is sort of like a subcontractor sort of thing inside of yeah. a little safer so that people don't have to just take this huge big jump. I think yeah. a lot of great coaches that never get to take the jump either. Right. Or they get burnt out from all their other jobs. So they give up on coaching because if you have to have a job in order to do your own job that you want to do, it gets to be a lot. So that would be amazing. Could you imagine like a facility with different kinds of coaches? Like this person can coach you on this and this person can coach you on this. And that that would be so beautiful. I would love to do that. Just create a space where people could do what they do best and be their own entity. But then, yeah, the space. Yeah. Just a way to have like a steady stream of clients that need your help because some people don't even know what coaches are and they could use the help so much because mm-hmm. therapy isn't what everybody needs. Some people definitely do, but some people just need coaching. Yeah. And some people need both. A lot of people need both. <laughs> A lot of people need both. That's for sure. But yeah, that's, that's probably what I would change. Yeah, I agree. That would be amazing. I never even thought about that about how hard it is to start out and how much better it would be if you could have somewhere to go. Cause like in therapy, like in the mental health world, it's like if, if you're a therapist, then you have tons of places where you can work as a therapist and then yeah. transition out into practicing therapy for your own private practice. It's just like this natural transition out into something else. Right. But for yourself, mm-hmm. and- for us, it's like you have to do something and then just completely segue into something, you know, your thing, which is completely different than whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Definitely. And I've actually thought about just becoming a therapist for those reasons. Like maybe I should go back mm-hmm. to school because I know I can reach more people that way, but yeah. it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. We got to change things, Alan. We got to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine how much different the coaching industry would be if there was more places for people to go? 
And you didn't yeah. have to like drive for Amazon while you're starting. Right. <laughs> or Instagram right. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Grubhub, your way to success. <laughs> <laughs> Should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's our motto when we make our organization that we're you don't have to grow up your way to success. Just, you know. Yeah. I love that so much. So now my next question kind of goes along with that. What do you want your business to look like in five years? Mm. Five years? Uh, so I hope I'm making enough passive income to where. I don't have to worry about if a client like will or will not sign up today. Um, I really have a big dream to just put out like a scholarship sort of thing where the clients that I work with face-to-face also don't have, so like I said earlier, you know, the population of people that I come from working with, like I love to work with that population of people. Yeah. Um, Like Medicaid insurance and stuff. And I want to always be able to work with those people. Yeah. So I'd love to get to a space where I'm making enough passive income from my products and my courses and stuff to where I can just have people sign up, apply on a scholarship and then work with me for free. And I can just freely give my time one-on-one and not ever have to worry about is somebody going, going to be able to pay or not. Yeah. I love That, that. That would be my dream. And then, you know, to begin to move into, I feel free enough to, and I think have enough money to start thinking about those bigger ventures, like making an organization for life coaches, like philanthropy kind of things. I mean, that might be too big of a dream for five years. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's definitely. Right. You never know what might happen in five years. More more freedom, (laughs) more wealth more service. (laughs) Yes. That's the dream, right? Mm -hmm. So how can our listeners connect with you online? They can find me tons of places. Um, First, I guess would be to go to www.iamrockhell.com. So that's I-A-M-R-O-C-K-L.com. And you can go at I am Raquel on all the social medias. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um Pinterest, TikTok, like all the places. Everything. Yeah, they can do that. Support at ironrockhell.com. Uh 502-381-5208 is the number. Text or call. So there's a many, many ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. And I'll link all your stuff in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to share with everybody before we go? Yeah, so one of my coolest, like, newest things is Iron Rock Hell Academy came out, like, this past year. And so you can get to Iron Rock Hell Academy by going to that website, www.ironrockhell.com, and clicking on the tab that says Iron Rock Hell Academy. And from there, I have a freebie for everybody. Um, It's called a self-survival kit. And it's a three-session course with videos, freebies, downloadables, tons of stuff on there for you to get 
um, a really quick boost of self-worth and confidence when you need it really, really fast. And that's free for anybody that goes on Iron Rock Hill Academy. And there's tons of other freebies too. That's just the one that I promote. So if you want some free stuff, um, definitely go check out Iron Rock Hill Academy. Most of the stuff that's on there is free right now. Since it's the first year, I'm just giving a lot of stuff away for free. So. That's awesome. Oh, and if you want, oh, my book. So the, yeah. my freebie is about self-worth is because my first self-help book is all about self-worth. It's called How to Wear a Crown, A Practical Guide to Knowing Your Worth. And it is a guidebook that step-by-step walks you through um, the process of learning how to self-love, which was my biggest challenge in life, was just loving me enough to where I could go from a place of hating myself all the way to a place where I love myself so much that I feel like I deserve all of my dreams coming true. And this is all the things that I learned on that five-year journey of going from self-hate to ultimate self-love. And it is available exclusively on Amazon for $9.99. That's an awesome book. So everybody should grab it. I thank you so much for being here with me today. I thank you all for tuning in again this week and I love you all. Bye.